It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. Studio Boomer Esiason, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Thursday morning, we've got Boomer back with us as we continue to talk some football this week, and then we are off to Phoenix, Arizona, site of Super Bowl 57 between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, and yesterday we tried to call Boomer and he ignored us, so it's good to have him here to get his opinions on what's going on in sports, because when he's not here and we reach out to him, he ignores us and says, no, I don't have time for you guys, I'm doing other things. So, I'm happy to talk to him today about a quarterback that the Jets cannot get. And yesterday, reaffirm my position on that. And then if Tom Brady really means what he says from the Dunes yesterday. So, good morning, Boomer. How are you? Welcome back. Good morning, guys. And I was not uh, ignoring you yesterday at all. As a matter of fact, uh, I got a text from Al. And it was 5 to 7 where I was. So, I was in the middle of uh, uh, Beverly Hills. That's where I was staying. Oh, excuse me. Very nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, you guys were just signing off. So, and I know you were calling me about the Tom Brady announcement and all that other stuff. So I, I wasn't blowing you guys yeah. off. And, and you know exactly what I was doing. And I sent you both the text saying, yeah. hey, guys, sorry about that. I got in really late mm-hmm. the night before, like one o'clock local time out there. Yeah. Which is like four o'clock here. Uh-huh. So I needed to have a, at least a little bit of sleep, especially after. You know, the odyssey that of leaving Kansas City and trying to get to L.A. Oh, my goodness. It, it going through Denver. <laughs> so it is. Uh, it was not easy. Uh, that the, the day, uh, you know, Monday was uh, the travel day. It was brutal. But anyway, so I'm back here and everything. And, and uh, hey, are we buying this explanation there, Al, of the uh, how he's not blowing us off? Are we buying this? Well, he did say he was hanging out in Beverly Hills. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. It was. I, you know, I was going to tell you where I'm staying. I mean, I could have. That's where I stayed. What can I tell you? That's was it the Beverly Hills Hotel? Uh, no, it was a place called the Mayborn or something. Oh, the Mayborn. It wasn't the Beverly Hilton where Whitney Houston died in the bathtub? No, it was not, it was not there either? No. Okay. Well, the, I don't know that one. I know the Beverly Hills Hotel. But I know the Beverly Hills. Like, I didn't even really even see the hotel. I really didn't have much time. I was either <laughs> sleeping or I was out, you know, doing uh, the Super Bowl's greatest commercials. Oh, you must be like just totally scattered. You, Denver, Kansas City, Beverly Hills, New York, LAX, LAX, yeah. JetBlue jet terminals in right. New York. I have to say, Newark's uh, JetBlue terminals are awesome, <laughs> beautiful, and JetBlue meant to is like the savior. It's like yeah. the. Oh, what a great, what that, that part of it was a great experience. Just everything that goes into it, the amount of time that you spend traveling. I figured it out that out of uh, the three days that I did travel, and most people who do travel understand this for work, mm-hmm. uh, I, I probably spent a good 15 hours in transit in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. I was either in a car, in a plane, you know, walking through an airport. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was you amazing. You get to do it again this weekend. And I get to do it again this weekend, and I can't wait. But anyway, uh, to, to hit on your quarterback things here now, you know the amazing thing about Tom Brady? So he played, I believe, in 48 playoff games. That's essentially two and a half seasons of extra games. Mm-hmm. And then you put that on top of the amount of years that he played. He had a remarkable, remarkable career. And I, I think everybody 
understands that he is the GOAT. No matter who you are, you look at him and you say, he set the standard for NFL quarterbacks. There's no other way to look at it. I mean, you know, I really felt like Peyton Manning changed the way quarterbacks were judged when he first came into the league with the amount of study, the amount of intensity that he put towards the uh, the position. And everybody drafted after Peyton, you know, had to go through the gauntlet of trying to find out whether or not you were the same type of personality that Peyton was that really wanted to take on everything and, and become uh, all-encompassing as a quarterback. And Tom Brady did that. I mean, no other quarterbacks. I think Patrick Mahomes is probably in the middle of doing that right now. I feel like Joe Burrow is getting ready to do that. But nobody, I mean, nobody prepared intensely and uh, off the field and on the field the way that Tom Brady did. And, and all the numbers reflect all that other stuff. And with saying that, I'm still not totally buying mm. that he is done yet. And because... Watching Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch talk about their final, you know, season-ending press conference and the way that they were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, they must hate this guy. Yeah. They must absolutely hate him. Uh, and then when I think about the team that he has and the quarterback situation with the Brock Purdy, uh, UCL tear and everything else, I'm like, I mean, I would be working so hard to get Tom Brady to come out there and play quarterback for one year. They have a Super Bowl roster right now. And could you imagine Tom Brady playing with Christian McCaffrey, Debo, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, yeah. and uh, Brandon Ayuk and, and Jennings? I mean, like, it would be ridiculous. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I just want to see the season start, and I want to figure out who San Francisco has as a quarterback. Because like the Jets, they don't really have one right now. Yeah, I don't think he's going to come back. I think the, in that emotional because he did get emotional at the end of that video in the beginning of it he goes you get one instagram post a long instagram post for retirement i did that last year so i'm just doing the video so he's conscious of how the fact that he's doing this again and then all the reporting around him is that this guy is just exhausted and this 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 season took a toll on him now if you're telling me and i do think that this is a possibility but a like Five percent possible. All right, but it's a that possibility he, that he goes through the off season. He washes off everything that happened to him, and they, they won't forever because I mean he went through a divorce and everything else. But he gets to a point where he's not as exhausted from it, and he feels you know like reborn towards the season. And then he's getting close to training camp, and he's, he's starting to itch himself, you know, because he's he's so addicted to football. And then all of a sudden, the 49ers are in a crap situation, like you said, and they throw every single dollar that they possibly could at him. Maybe, but I really do believe that he is done and he meant what he said yesterday. Now, as far as the Jimmy Garoppolo hating him thing, you are absolutely right. I mean, I don't see how anybody could watch that press conference and think that they don't despise that guy. Plus, you know it came from the 49ers organization. All that stuff about Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason about how he disappeared after his big contract and they could never find him. And he's smiling on the sidelines. The 49ers fan base hates him now, too, because he was smiling when his team was getting their ass kicked in the NFC Championship game. So this guy, who took them to a Super Bowl, has a tremendous win percentage as a starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, is despised by that organization (laughs) and the fan base. And Jet fans want that guy? No way, no how, you cannot bring him in. That will set you back even farther from where you're at. And oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, he's hurt every single year that he right. plays. And you know, the other thing, too, is remember, Rob Solid came from there, so he knows what's going on internally in San Francisco. Yes. 100%. So I, I don't even, I, I would doubt that that would be a situation where. 
that could unfold unless the Jets find themselves boxed in and they can't acquire anybody. Uh, but I think there would be other alternatives out there. They may not be all that exciting. I'm not saying that he's not exciting or he is exciting. I just think he's always injured. And listening to the way that they were talking about him would give me great pause. But again, I think Salah knows better than we do mm-hmm. uh, as to how Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch uh, feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I would, I would not think. I would think that it's not going to happen here. But man, I'm telling you, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I, you you have got to be lobbying Tom Brady. Well, I'm Jesus sure he makes God. the call. I'm sure he does. But I mean, now, if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't you want to go there? But they just can't afford him. And, and and I know that the way that the contract is written for Aaron Rodgers, whoever whoever does end up acquiring him, if he leaves Green Bay, they're going to end up having to pay him a lot of money. But they can distribute it distribute it in different ways so it doesn't really hamstring you on the cap that's going up to 225 million dollars so i i you know if i'm him i'm i'm looking at that i'm looking at that team because now the nfc is wide open the nfc with the exception of maybe philadelphia and dallas are the two best teams um and they they look to still be the two best teams i think washington thinks of itself as a, as an up-and-coming team if they can find a quarterback you certainly have San Francisco. They are an up-and-coming team. Arizona is a complete mess. Tampa Bay, a complete mess. You know, this is an opportunity for somebody within the NFC to go out. And, and this is the other reason why, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, man, I'm looking at this and I'm going, what? why do I want to leave? Well, exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll win in Green Bay again. Yeah, so I, I think that he probably will think about that long and hard. But it sounds like... That the Green Bay Packers are finally getting to the point where they want a divorce. They they do not want Aaron Rodgers around anymore. They don't want to pay him the money any longer. They have to move on. They're tired of the antics. And I know that sounds crazy to teams who are quarterback starved. And he can obviously still play. I mean, he had the thumb injury last year, but he went back-to-back MVPs prior to that. And when the thumb got healthy, he went on a run towards the end of the year. So obviously he can still play, but they just might be done. They're just tired of it. At some point as an organization, we have to move on. It hasn't been working. So, and they're not going to trade him to an NFC team. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, no, they wouldn't do that. They want an AFC team. And, you know, I, I mean, I still think if you still really look at all of this stuff and sometimes it comes true, sometimes it doesn't. You just never know. But, you know, Lamar to Atlanta would make is make makes so much sense. It's ridiculous. Assuming that Atlanta is going to give up, you know, all their draft capital to the Baltimore Ravens and the Baltimore Ravens would then have to start over. Um, you know, but you never know. Maybe that's a destination. The Tennessee Titans could be a destination for Aaron Rodgers. So, and I know Aaron is talking on his Pat McAfee, uh, the podcast about how everybody's talking about where he wants to go without really getting his input on things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, this is what it's all about. You're, you're a popular player. Uh, you're, it seems like you're kind of, you know, wanting to leave Green Bay. And as you just pointed out, it seems like Green Bay wants to leave you. So, uh, what, what are we supposed to do? We have to speculate about this, especially when it comes to the Jets and their their quarterback situation. Now, apparently, uh, he loves Nashville, Tennessee, and he was just in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, but I thought he loves Nathaniel Hackett. Right, he loves Nathaniel Hackett, too. So, so that's his guy. Now, but the, this guy. the Titans are in a, in a worse situation than the Jets as far as taking that step forward. They've lost players. They fired their general manager. I know oh. Derrick Henry's still there, but he feels like he's towards the back end of his prime now. Now, they, I, I don't know what their plan is for the offseason. Could they surround Aaron Rodgers with enough to make it appealing to him? 
because if they can, then he may prefer going there as opposed to New Jersey. And by the way, you know, Nashville tax situation, Jersey tax situation. Just listen to Tyreek Hill on that whole thing, especially when you're getting up to fifty well, million dollars a year. Why are you listening to Tyreek Hill when I've been telling you this for sixteen years? Because Tyreek Hill just said it. Oh, taxes! Tyreek Hill just said he's one of the players. So yeah, I just, okay. you know, I just want to. We've given you credit for. All right, it. thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, but you know, I'm all into the cap and I'm all into the tax situation. You know that. Yeah, I know. I said That's my I, thing. I said that yesterday. Yeah, I, said, no, I, I saw you say it. I, saw, I said, God love Boomer. He loves that salary cap. <laughs> I do, man. It, it, you love nothing. You know, I want to love something in this world as much as you love the salary cap. I think my daughters are probably it. That's you know, probably what it is. So it's amazing. So in 1987, our NFL PA goes on strike. I'm the highest paid player in the league. I had just signed a new five-year, $6 million contract. Mm-hmm. So I was making a million two in 1987. And that was $75,000 a game, and we went on strike, and I was an NFLPA leader for our team. Yeah. And I lost $75,000 a week. Yeah. A week. Now, after about three weeks, um, I had lost as much as probably about 15 guys on my team would have made all year long. Mm. That's how bad it was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. You're the the ringleader of this as right. well. And I'll tell you what I see when I see these numbers and I see the salary cap go up to 225 million. I mean, when I when I juxtapose that against 1987, there was no salary cap, there was no nothing back then. There was no free agency unless you were cut by your team. Then you became an unrestricted free agent, and that just meant you you, you were going to make less to wherever you were else you were going to go after that. Mm-hmm. If in fact somebody wanted you, um, and I watch what the guys are making today, and I'm actually proud of all that, although. You know, most of these guys have absolutely no clue uh, as to what the players before them have gone through. None of them, because they all want what they think is theirs, that they've earned, and rightfully so. I mean, and finally, it's getting to the point where, you know, the players now, that's why I'm so into the salary cap, because it is really fascinating to me how teams have to kind of now kind of balance their guaranteed money against money that they have to put in escrow to cover that money. Sure, See and that's, and and that's, that's why that's why there's big money teams uh-huh. that have all that money mm-hmm. and can go and and go after guys, and then there's the small market teams, and even in the NFL, we all think of it as a kind of a balanced league and a and a league of parity for the most part on on the field that feels that way, but. Behind the scenes, financially, it's not that way. Well, that's why the Las Vegas Raiders are not considered one of those teams that can go and pay somebody and have that money in escrow and all that stuff when it comes to coaches and when it comes to big players because Mark Davis isn't one of those guys like who just bought the Broncos, a uh, a Walton or the Walmart family or David Tepper. Or any of these guys. Just remember that, are, that he he's the general general partner of the Raiders is what he is. Yeah. The way the Raiders are structured. Yeah, they're you know, the money that they, they're getting from Las Vegas certainly helps their bottom line. But you're right, Denver and Carolina, you know, they have money because the owners have money from somewhere else. And I would also say, like when you take a look at the Giants and the Tisch family and you know, and the fact that it's like a I, I don't know if it's a fifty one, forty nine split, whatever it is. You know, there's money to be had there and there's money to be put away in escrow to be able to cover some of these contracts. And that's probably the thing that drives, you know, most general managers and owners crazy is when a general manager like Joe Shane comes in and you got guys like, you know, he would have loved to have kept Bradbury and gotten rid of Kenny Holiday. 
but he couldn't do it because the amount of money that was guaranteed to Kenny Galladay and the, the, the negative hit on the salary cap. And on top of that, the money that they have to put in escrow to cover this guy's contract. It's like, yeah, it, it's like a triple whammy against you. Sure. And these are all the things that go behind the scenes. And sometimes we don't. We're not as privy to them. Yeah, but wonder see, but what the hell I, doing. I like that's why I am so fascinated by yeah. the business of all of it. You should do a podcast, Boomer and the Salary Cap. You should do that. No, I don't. There's, and, there's, and more than, else there's a hell of a lot of people smarter than I am yeah. dealing with this on a daily basis. Yeah. I just, I, we touch on the fringes of it just because of the way that it may impact the local teams. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I mean, Jerry, uh, my uh, monitor is not working here. I did not touch that. Yeah, you were here for two days. Well, touched it. Did not touch it. Somebody touched it. Al, did I ever touch his monitor? I don't think he touched the monitor. Because G handles. Is that Marty in there? Yes. Yeah. And Marty, can you get your ass in here and figure out why this monitor is not working? I mean, is that how you talk to this man? Get your ass uh, in here? It's uh, not uh, his fault. But that's the way Marty likes to be talked to. He's like, no, he's it's like, not. Oh, yes, it is. Probably he, gets too much of that at home. He doesn't uh, need it here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This guy's been here for what, Marty? You've been here for, what, 25 years or yeah, something? Yeah, me and Marty have a special relationship. 20 years. Uh, me get and your Marty ass have, in here. Get, get your, your ass, ass in, in here. here. No, no, he's fine. Treat this man with some respect. But I'm, I'm just wondering why you broke it. I didn't touch it. Well, nobody else sat here. Yeah, but no one touched it. Actually, other people do sit there. That's if you true. look throughout the day and the video Hi, content, people are very well sitting in that chair. Thing. Look at this thing. Doesn't work. That's how we fix things. Yes. Yeah. Did you turn it on? This is Marty, by the way. Yeah, this is a Martin Travers, 20-year employee and engineer. Where are you going? Right at... Don't hit that. He's a... He's uh, the dump button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Veteran of the U.S. Navy, Marty. <laughs> So he's uh, in here catering to Boomer's knees now. Thank you for your service, by the way. Down on his knees, catering to Boomer. <laughs> this is how we do well, it. Need, I need to have the computer working. No, I understand. It has to be working. I, I get it. But I will back Jerry. He did not touch that thing one time in two days. No, did not take a call. Didn't even get near So when enough. somebody is using this studio, they I think they use your seat. Now, sometimes both. So I saw recently somebody using that seat conducting an interview. Who was it? Zach Gelb. Oh. He's always in here, that Zach Gelb. Always. Always? Always. Recording okay. all sorts of stuff. I don't know what's wrong with these other studios. Just going to the production studios. He has to have all the, you know, he wants to put Boomer behind him. That's the thing. Is that what it is? He wants to record so it looks like, you know, he sees the WFAN thing and the Boomer behind him. And that's what he likes. Makes, you know, it's a clout chase is what it is. How's it going down there, Marty? Not <laughs> 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 working, huh? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. All right, Jerry, you got an update? <laughs> yeah. Was there anything going on last night? We are brought to you Other by than the Superbook the Sports. Hammered Hammered Super, oh, now you want to talk about the Nets. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were awesome. We're also brought night. to you by Jack Pocket. Play official state lottery games on your phone. Do you enjoy Saturday's game? Uh, no, I did not. Hmm. Here's the thing with the Knicks. The Knicks can't beat anybody that's, like, really good. You know, and the reason for that is because Thibodeau gives the ball to Julius Randle at the end of the game. If you just give it to somebody else, it's not going to get jammed up. I mean, Julius is having a great year, but he's not the guy that's going to close out the game for you. Right, he's, he's jamming it up the A-gap. He is jamming it up the A-gap, and you can't get a shot off. Well, going? we'll get to the basketball in a minute. First, we'll start with the foot. Dead. Dead. Okay. You need we'll to take it with you? You want me to rip it out of there? 
Okay, we'll start with the football. So obviously the Super Bowl next week will be in Phoenix all week four. But you did have the reaction about Tom Brady's announcement yesterday. None other than one Robert Kraft, who loves the man and the player, of course. As fierce as he was as a competitor and as tough as he could be, he had a great heart. And was a great human being. How about that? Isn't that yeah. lovely? Beautiful. Damn right he was. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Play and in then, San Francisco. Play one well, more year, please. In San Francisco, here's John Lynch. I got to compete against him as a player. I got to broadcast games as a broadcaster. And now to see that he's still going, it just blows my mind. What what he's done, uh, it's unparalleled. And I think he's he's one of the greats ever to do it. So well, I think we do one agree of the with greats, that, of the course. Greats. You know, now get, pick up the phone and, and convince him to come play one more year for and you. And make a call. That said, you've got Lance, you've got Purdy. Purdy, obviously, uh, going to be out at least, what is it, six months with the UCL uh, injury or the tear. Here was uh, Kyle Shanahan, who was asked about the other quarterback, the smiling and laughing Jimmy Garoppolo, his future in San Francisco. Does he have one? I wish you guys could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what what would that look like? No, I don't see any scenario of that. Garoppolo. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I heard you. <laughs> Yeah, he's not guy. coming back. Right. Oh, seven and three record, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 67 completion percentage. I mean, he was a winner for them, just couldn't stay on the field. And there's obviously some sort of personality rift there. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And his career record for them, not just this year. It's yeah. like he's got like a 700 winning percentage. It's insane. Well, they do have a good team. I, mean, I know, but. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you lose to the Rams two years ago. You then lose to Philadelphia. You got hammered. Your quarterback's gone. I mean, they had two opportunities to get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, they, they should be in the Super Bowl. This should be like Kansas City and San Francisco's Invitational over the last three or four years. And Kansas City has gotten there, but they haven't gotten there. Go get Tom Brady. I would. I mean, listen, I would do whatever, whatever I could to convince him. Meantime, Jerry Jones finally spoke uh, for the first time since losing in the playoffs the to hospital? the Niners. What? He's out of the hospital. Was he in the hospital? I, I thought you said he. But there's something wrong with him. No. Did I say there was something wrong with him? Well, you thought he was going to pass. I, I, are we doing this again? I, 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 was, I haven't heard from him, and I was wondering where he was. I and no I just, And it was. keeps going back to that original day where you said you didn't think he was going to make it through the offseason. No. I, I was and reacting I you were trying to, to what give us an idea. he said before this. I hope he makes it through the offseason. Yeah, that, that's, you know, and we haven't heard from him. And every time a day goes by and we haven't heard from him, I think about that quote that you gave us. I hope he makes it through the offseason. Yeah. It was odd timing that you said that. And then for the longest stretch of the year, it we was the end heard, of the heard from him. But Come usually on, he's right there talking. So And with all the stuff going on with the okay. Cowboys, with Cooper Rush and Cooper Rush, uh, Kellen Moore leaving, and, uh-huh. you know, all this stuff going on and Quinn staying and now. Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. I'm like, where is Jerry Jones? Well, I hope Jones. he makes it through the offseason. Right. Here, McCar- here is Jones on McCarthy calling the plays. This is the logical step to build on it and use what uh, we've established, or if you will, the foundation of the wins we've got. This is a time for us to build on it, and that's what this is. This is a building step. A building step. Now, I, I know we've done this before, but this is the picture here. 
where Mike McCarthy looks like the autopilot in the movie Airplane. <laughs> now, Stephen Waldron, please, can you do a side-by-side -side of that Mike McCarthy picture that you put up there and the blow-up autopilot from Airplane so we can have that? Oh, uh, it's funny. Because it's unbelievable, <laughs> the resemblance. Especially when he's got a suit on like that. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. tremendous. Well, we will see if he can effort that as yes. we go along. Meantime, Jerry's brother Steven <laughs> said the team was open to giving Dak Prescott a contract extension. And yes, I did say brother because that came up on the warm-up show this morning. And then the other brother, Jerry Jones, who we know, he's very famous. Did Jerry. you just call him the other brother? The other brother. Because I said Stephen Jones. That's his son. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty this sure. is back-to-back -back shocking <laughs> things that he has said. Yesterday in the warm-up show, he didn't know what a triple-double was. Okay. Legitimately. And today, Stephen and Jerry Jones are brothers. Well, and, you know, on Monday, it was also Brock Purdy Day in Al Dukes' eyes. How well, Brock, Brock Purdy let, let everybody down. Well, which I'm lockstep with him on. And someone on Twitter pointed out that Bryce Harper was hitting home runs in the World Series with a torn UCL. Yeah, and, but he didn't and, have to throw. Yeah, but he was still doing, I mean, didn't come have to throw. And by the way, nobody, tried, was, right? no, yeah, but nobody was trying to hit him either. Yeah. I'm just saying, Purdy he did, and by the way, Purdy went he back into in, the, the game. He went yeah. back into the game. Play, yeah. Jesus. That's play. play in air quotes. Okay. <laughs> he All right. just snaps and handed the ball off. Man, you guys. <laughs> and he didn't throw the ball a few times. Yeah, but not more than five yards. Very true. Yes, and in That's some what cases. I want, just one time down there, and let me see it collapse. I go, ah, I tried. <laughs> I left it all out there for my team. He was on the sideline doing that and trying to throw on the sideline. What, what does that they mean, knew, on, the side line. on the sideline? On the sideline. On the sideline, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I thought this was funny. Jesse Palmer was on the Rich Eisen show. I have no idea why. Yeah, but was, he was on the Rich Eisen show. He was show. probably talking football. Well, well, he does he, the Bachelor now. He was talking about the Bachelor. Yeah, is what okay. he was talking uh, about. Okay. And he that's was important. trying to explain back in the day when he was with the Giants, explaining to his coach that that's what he was doing. And my agent calls and says, you got a new head coach on the Giants. You got to call him and tell him what you're doing. I said, okay, fine. Who is it? He goes, Tom Coughlin just called. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh yes. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he would go on to say, Jim Fossil had no problem with it. And then all of a sudden, it's Tom Coughlin. And it's like, Ugh. So then he would well, go on to you say. Know, you know what ends up happening. So you have a player's coach, who, what Jim, who Jim was. And then he's replaced by a disciplinarian. The hard ass. Yeah. Yeah. So then he would talk about how Coughlin would kind of mock him a little bit. We're in the Meadowlands. We're in a stretch line. Yeah. Coughlin's walking in the stretch line. He walks by Tiki Barber. And he's like, Tiki, remember, five points of pressure. Can't put the ball on the ground. He walks by Jeremy Shockey. He's like, remember now. In line, in line, and you're releasing option route. Work, work the leverage. And he walks by me and he goes, Jessica? <laughs> no, did not. You picked Jessica? That's that awesome. Funny. That's very funny. Yeah, that's, that's a good story. Good. That was pretty good. Uh, meantime, uh, not a good story. If you were the Nets or a Net fan, was the first quarter of this game last night. Round of the front court. Pull up. Left wing three. And it's good again. <laughs> this is stunning. 4.35 to go with the first, 33 to 7. <laughs> Jerry sucks. It was 46-16 after one. If I asked you right now, did you see the box score? Either one of is? No, I just saw the score. I, no, yeah. I, I watched the first quarter yesterday. I wanted to see if they were going to break a record. How many threes do you think were shot in this game? I want to say total about, from no, both total teams. Total from both teams? 72. 
I'm going to say 95. And you didn't look at the box score? I did not. I swear. 93 threes were, were shot. Wow. Hmm? Boston was 26 of 54. Brooklyn was 9 for 39. <laughs> Nothing. It's not really basketball. That's awful. Nothing. 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 It's like Papa shot. Right. Yeah. And it all comes down. It comes down to the playoffs. Yeah. I know that. Here's Jacques Vaughn. Yeah. My bad. Forty-six to sixteen from the first quarter. I take the blame of all of it. Of not having them uh, detailed to the game plan, the discipline that it takes to get hit on the road and respond. So a little bit of everything. So Jerry, see the guy that do my part. On right there. Yeah. Sure. Where? Underneath the basket for the Nets right now. Is that Nick Claxton? Who is that? No, that's not. Is that Royce O'Neal? I can't tell you. Yeah, so the the um, Celtics were inbounding under mm-hmm. their under the basket. And they throw the ball out to the corner. And he's standing there without a clue as to where the ball is or where it's going. Yeah. It's his guy in the corner. What, what do you want him to do? Defend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That'd> be nice. <laughs> Funny. Not a good night. So you turn the page. Nets 31 and 20 with the loss. Knicks take on the Heat tonight. Derek Jeter was on Jimmy Fallon last night. Fallon had uh, Aaron Judge last week. He gets Jeter this week. A big reveal from Jeets. I once wore a thong in public in front of thousands of people. Now, this was part of a game they were playing. Is it real? It's not real or whatever. True. Big lie, whatever. Uh, It was true. Oh. And he revealed why he wore it. Let me explain shortly. I, I had a new teammate that I played with in 2002. And he always had a gold thong hanging from his locker. And he told me, anytime you struggle, you wear the gold thong, you're guaranteed to get a hit. And would you believe the damn thing worked? So in 2004, I went through the worst offensive stretch of my career. Okay. And every day I'd walk in, he'd point at the thong. So, so finally, I, I wore the thong. Now, it wasn't thong the skin. I had shorts on underneath, so I put the thong over the shorts. First pitch, home run. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's the most interesting quote of Derek Jeter's Ever. career. Yes, I think so. That yes. was actually, that was pretty cool. That's pretty funny. He, yeah. does, he actually does have a pretty good personality. Yes, certainly. I wonder who the teammate was, though. Didn't press I, don't him on that? I don't know. No, they did not. At least not in the clip that I got. Um, he was on for nine minutes, and then this segment was with Rita Orr. Is that her name? Rita Ora. Rita Ora. And they were doing this. They each one had to reveal something. They have to guess and like interrogate them and find out if it's real or not. This was real. So he did not, in the portion I saw, say who it was. So who do you think? You have no idea. We have no I idea. Don't, the team. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Could it be Jorge, Tony, ah, Tony Clark. What do you think? It had to be the first year that that guy was there. I re- well, he said 2004. <laughs> I googled. I, 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 <laughs> there's a New York Post article said that the mystery teammate is reported to be Jason Giambi. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that could be true. Hmm. That sounds right. I could see him as being a gold thong guy. <laughs> Couldn't you? More than like Jorge Posada. He does not sound no, like a gold I said, thong. You know, Tony Clark, you know, Jason Giambi, one of those guys. A goofball. That's who it was. It wasn't going to be John Olerud, that's for sure. <laughs> no. John Olerud. <laughs> uh, Seton Hall, St. John's last night. St. John's got out to a nice start, but Seton Hall clawed back. Jones has it knocked out of his hands, stolen by Richmond. Ahead to Dawes. Dawes pulls up. He'll fire up a three. Good! And the Pirates take the lead! And they would run right by St. John's, 84-72. That was Gary Cohen with the call on Seton Hall Radio. Um, continues the struggles, continue for St. John's inside the Big East as they wind up losing by 12. Rutgers blew out Minnesota. 
Minnesota 90 to 55. Florida beat number two Tennessee 67-54. And your honorary coach today for Hofstra will be one Gregory Giannotti. Yeah, that's right. Feet on the floor Who on they the bench. Today? Feet on the floor. I believe it's Elon. Oh, Elon. I was okay. there. Once. Yeah. Very nice little arena. Not really? that you're going there, but we got picked up in a in a bus drive. I was with Columbia. And the bus driver showed up. He had one of those uh, Partridge Family uh, oil buses. Oh, really? For real. Only time I ever saw Kyle Smith lose his mind. Wow, that's when you were that's doing a- internet radio, right? Uh, were we on? We started on the radio. That might have been the first year we were doing internet only. Yeah, right. it's possible. That's a great Elon story. Uh, they're playing Towson. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Towson story? Uh, uh, I did go to Towson once for a Columbia football game, and they got blasted. Yeah. yeah. I hung out at Towson a few times back in the days. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's right in Baltimore. Yeah, it's right in the yeah, Baltimore absolutely. right there. North Baltimore, yeah. I think. I'm sure that Stephen Gorchoff over there at Hofstra, who listens religiously to the show when I said Elon, goes, no! You make a lot of errors, man. You do make a lot of errors. <laughs> can you name, can you tell me the Elon name? I can't. I don't know. I Elon actually I know this one. Al, and he got you're not allowed, Eddie. Any guesses? What is this now? <laughs> Boomer? The college. Elon. Do you know what their mascot is? Uh, he just told me I don't want to cheat. Oh, okay. it's the Phoenix, correct? The Phoenix? Is that what it is? Nope. Oh, it's not? I don't know what it is. I think you it? make a lot of mistakes, Jerry. <laughs> oh, a ton. Yes. What is it, Eddie? He doesn't know. I do not know. Oh! Wow. I thought he was telling me the truth. He told me to say Musk, and I didn't get it. The Elon Musk. <laughs> Come on, Al. How did you not get it? It is the Phoenix. <laughs> it's a triple double. <laughs> How did Elon Musk go over your head? He didn't say Elon first. He said the, the Musk. And I was like, is it, I guess it could be the Musk. Plus, Al wasn't listening. <laughs> You know, I wonder what goes on in that side of the, the, the studio. Well, you're know? very concerned with working out your monitor situation. Yeah, I can see. You guys are all over it. No, we are. Marty's right there waiting he for is. the break. Oh, okay. Yep. Nice. I all see. right. Is that DeWalt drill in here? <laughs> nice. But you wouldn't know what to do with <laughs> software back up. He is he's taking the monitor off. He's uh, drilling things. He is sweating. He's running back and forth. This is a very busy morning for him, so we're going to have to do something nice for him. Yeah, I know you're going to say he's just doing his job, and he's going above and beyond right yeah, now. That's the way he is, though. He, you do your job. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. You know that. that Marty's is a great guy. He is. He is awesome. Alright, so there's two very interesting broadcasting stories with the New York Mets yesterday. Yes, I saw those. One was a very great outcome. Once we learned what was going on, and the other right now is is hurling towards a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. So the first one, which was the good outcome, was we found out that Howie Rose is doing great after major, major uh, surgery for bladder cancer that he had. And he had to go through treatment and regular cancer treatment as well. So... That's what was going on with him last year. We heard there was medical stuff that required surgery. We didn't know. We gave him his privacy, all of that, which he requested. He went through it. And yesterday in the New York Post, an Andrew Marchand article about how he rose detailing everything that went along with this recovery, which was absolutely amazing to see how he was able to get basically essentially uh, a new bladder. Yeah, not easy. Not, not, not an easy deal for, for Howie and. The fact that he's sitting there and he's telling you a story 
tells you that you can overcome it. Yeah. But you got to go through a lot. And uh, for those of us who love Howie and uh, love listening to him, you know, just Godspeed, man. And just, man, I hope everything goes well this season. And uh, just can't wait for the season to get started. And I'm glad he's going to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I hadn't thought too much about it because I figured, hey, he wanted to keep it personal. And he was there and we heard him do a bunch of games. And I... I, I never thought that it was something that severe. So, you know, in reading that, you're like, on one hand, you're, you're sad that he had to go through it. But on the other hand, you're absolutely thrilled and ecstatic for him and his family that he is healthy now and about to embark on another season. Yeah, the amazing thing is, is that you would have never known when he came back. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. And I know it's just a voice and, you know, we don't see him or any of that stuff. But still, he was as professional as he always is, even dealing with all of the things that were going on behind the scenes. That is correct. And when Al talked about this on the warm-up show, he related it to everything in his life. So he was talking about Howie, and he was like, you know, I kind of went through something because I had hernia surgery. And if I had seen blood in my urine, I would probably pass out. So it, was like, it wasn't about Howie. It was about Al's penis injury phobia that he has. And that's how he told the story, mm. through the eyes of himself. Not like, man, I'm happy for Howie Rose. Just like, I can't believe if I had to go through something like this, I don't know if I'd be well, able to Well, you it. and I are very happy for Howie Rose, and that's I'm right. sure Eddie is, too. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Um, so, and Jerry. It's just it's just it's Al, Al who's, who tried to just frame it in a different context. I just couldn't get past the line where he said he had blood in his urine. Like, that really makes me want to black out right now. Really? Yeah, just the thought of that. I don't think I could recover. It's just one of those things for you. Yeah. So I blood in my urine once. Yeah? Yeah. Did you? I did. Thanks for sharing that. It was after a game. Interesting. You got hit in like an organ area or yeah, something? Yeah, like in the in, back. Internal it's bleeding? Like, like right in the back. I mean, did you did you have somewhat of a sense of pride from that? Like, look at this. I went out there. I'm a warrior. I, I stuck in a game. I finished the game, and I'm peeing blood afterwards. I did finish the game, and I was probably stupid for doing so, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing, no long term or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it, it's pretty unnerving. Yeah, it's like uh, you know when you, like Gunner who has cystic fibrosis, every now and he he busts the capillary in his uh, lungs when he's coughing. Yeah, and then that blood comes up from there, and it's, it's just uh, it's just it's so tough watching it. Yeah, but anyway, going back to Howie, which is more important, and Eddie uh, is holding his fingers in his ears like he usually does with these conversations because right. he can't take it because the sight of blood. These two guys, oh, you know, no they, they cannot stand the sight of blood, and they're both going to pass out when we talk about it. All right. Well, anyway, but the, how he's back, and and it's great, and he sounds like he's in good spirits, and that's he's awesome, raring and ready to go. Absolutely. Now the other story is is Keith Hernandez and the Mets. Apparently, there is a gap in these contract talks. They offered Keith Hernandez a contract. He rejected. This is from Mike Puma of The Post, who dug into this. Keith Hernandez rejected that contract offer, counter-offered to SNY, and they have been silent on their end for some time, and it believes that there is a is a significant gap between the two. Now, this would be devastating for all Mets fans. There's no two ways about it. There's no way you can sugarcoat it. If SNY does not pay Keith Hernandez and he's not in the booth over money, that is going to be a major, major problem for the fan base. Now, if Keith had decided himself that last year, 101 win season, number retired, hey, I've had enough. I'm walking away. Thank you, Mets fans. The booth is going to be something different. We all would be sad, but we would accept it, and we would be happy for him. The fact that he still wants to work 
and SNY is not paying him what he deserves, which is, by the way, anything at this point, because he's Keith Hernandez, is sickening to all of us. And by the way, this is not Steve Cohen that's doing this. It's not, and that makes it even worse, because obviously there's the Wilpon Mets and the Steve Cohen Mets, and financially it's a completely different world, and SNY is still owned by Sterling Equities, which is the Wilpons, and everybody is saying, look, here we go again. This is another one of those the Wilpons won't spend money situations, which is churning up old feelings in the Met fan and making them even more nuts. Yeah, I don't know what the difference in the offer to what the counteroffer is I you know if it's like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars it's a lot of money, uh, but I, I you know I'm not gonna sit here and say that you know he's worth anything. I mean he is ours and we love him and we love listening to him, Ronnie and Gary. They do they're, they're the best in my humble opinion in terms of the local broadcast. I, I don't care anywhere in baseball they're the best and you know SMY should feel good about that because they put them together. Yeah. And I'm sure it was Kirk Gowdy Jr. at that time who put him together. He's since retired, so I made a mistake and blamed him on this whole thing. Sure. In fact, it wasn't his issue. Uh, you know, listen, they don't pay, you know, JJ and Sal any money over there, right? Those guys, I don't believe, get paid a significant salary. Is no. Moose, is Moose over there anymore? He is not over there anymore. He's, He's just PIX, his, right? Right. He does a PIX sports. Right. Sort of I, took I mean, him out but, of that. But, but, but so your, your flagship personalities. <laughs> Are Ronnie, mm-hmm. Gary, and Keith. That's right. And they do an unbelievable job. Mm-hmm. And we love them. And we love them. And we watch even when they're losing. Because we never know what's coming out of Keith. You know, I Keith is the wild card. Absolutely. And Keith is what keeps it kind of uniquely fresh. And then Ronnie has to react to it and clean it up. And uh, I just think it's, 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 you can't. Let it go without Keith. You got to have sure. Keith in there. And when I say I would give him anything, obviously it's within reason. And to yeah. me, I can't imagine that Keith Hernandez. Let's just um, for the heck of it. Let's just say he's making five hundred thousand dollars. I have no idea what he's making, but I don't think he'd go back and say, "Give me two million dollars now." No, I don't think, I so think it's a reason. I'm sure it's a reasonable raise to continue what he's doing. The thing I worry about with him, honestly, if I, you know, I, I worry about, and I don't know if he stays. Near the stadium when he's doing games, or he goes back and forth from Sag Harbor. He does that, a lot that, of driving. That's yeah. the thing that I that I worry about, especially those late night games. Sure, yeah, tired the whole. Yeah, thing. you know, and I even listen. I don't think he goes eighty five miles an hour anymore. No, I think we've uh, all we've established that we've established that he's you know behaving himself now. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly, but uh, yeah, I just that that to me is what would bother me. So maybe it's about car service to and from you know Sag Harbor. You never know; it could be that. That would be the safe thing, certainly, if he were to do that. And that would, hey, that look, would you know, I don't know how much longer he wants to do it. You know, give him a, here's what I would do. Give him a three-year deal. Give him the car service and call it a day. Yeah. And let's, and let's stop non, let's stop with the nonsense and nickel and diamond and everybody. We don't want the guy to get hurt. You know, we want the guy to be around. He's, he's our, what's the word I'm looking for? He's our treasure. Yeah. For That's sure. It. Yes, absolutely. And and then if he wants to retire after those three years, we're prepared for it. We know it's going to be the end. If it ended abruptly like this because over a this contract be dispute, this, it's this would be dumb. Really, really stupid.